Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we're live tonight, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer Professor counselor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part six in our series on contending for the faith. We will be talking about the five D's once again, as it relates to our bodies being the holy temple of God. Very often when we talk about the Old Testament temple as a holy, consecrated place where God dwells, we forget that these Old Testament principles have tremendous application for us today. The big question is, what are the biblical lessons we can learn from the Old Testament temple and our bodies being the New Testament temple that God dwells in? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction, and uh, thank you for letting God always use you in a mighty way uh, with contending for the faith. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight as always. So we are uh, blessed to be able to teach every Saturday uh, on an important subject related to the Word of God. Not only the written Word of God, which is the Bible, but the living Word of God, which is Jesus Christ. And we are blessed to be able to have the anointing, appointing, and approving of Him to be able to stand before Him and teach his word. It is a blessing and a privilege. And we don't take advantage of that. And what a series we have learned about, talking about all of these five Ds. And if you have not heard about those five Ds, just let me mention every one of them to you. Because we've been talking about how the uh, Old Testament uh, temple was something that God took serious. Uh, in terms of the people living holy lives without hypocrisy. And if they didn't, uh, God dropped uh, the high priest dead right in the holies of holies. And they had to pull him out on a rope uh, because the bell stopped jingling and they knew uh, that priest, that high priest, was not living a holy, righteous life. And, uh, and he was profaning uh, the temple of God and God, when it comes to the New Testament, 
Uh, today, our bodies are God's temple. You know, there's no longer a temple. In 70 AD, uh, when God destroyed, uh, the people destroyed the temple, uh, Titus, and God allowed that to happen. It happened, and God allowed it. And Jesus said it would happen, that uh, Titus would come in and, and destroy the temple there. And uh, now, today, uh, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, let me go over these five Ds again quickly. And we talked about, you know, God is calling upon us to live a lives of dedication. That's the first D. The second D, devotion. The third D, duty. And the fourth D, dying to self. And the fifth D, uh, that we live lives that we display uh, the body uh, to the world as a living sacrifice that we uh, dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, you know, our problem today, the reason why uh, we are not experiencing the power of God is because we're not taking the Holy Spirit serious. We're not taking him uh, to the level of what he's proclaimed to be in our lives and in the lives of the church. The church today is lacking power. They're lacking power because they're not living holy lives consecrated, totally dedicated to God with all of these deeds. Now, that's why we call, right, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. We call him Holy Spirit because he's holy. And he wants to live in a holy body. He wants to live in our bodies today, just like God dwelled in the temple in the Old Testament. He wanted that temple to be holy. Now today, he wants our bodies to be holy. What a parallel. What a comparison. And we better take it serious. We better take it real serious. Because if the Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit, that means that your body need to be a holy temple where he can not only take residence, but become president of your life. Now, these are the big sins. These are the big sins that we experience today in our world. And you might want to take note of these. Let me just kind of bring these sins uh, that get in the way of us being filled with the power of the holiness of God. Now, from the standpoint of the world, there's three points I'm going to bring out here. There's three points why we don't experience God and his power in our lives. It's because, number one, is that we are resisting the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Generally, when we use the word resisting the power of the Holy Spirit, this most of the time is referring to unbelievers because every day they are resisting the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, no Christian should be fall into this category because if you are resisting the Holy Spirit, then you have to question whether or not you're saved because the Holy Spirit speaks to us. 
and you better listen. Uh, now, Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, read the whole chapter. You know, he said to the religious leaders, these people who thought that they knew God and they had long prayers and they fasted long hours. And uh, Stephen got in their face and said, you know, why do you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did? And so do ye. A lot of times we can follow the patterns of the world. If the father was not a Christian, mother, kids can follow in that tradition. And you can follow into that tradition with religion, with cults. And then Stephen is saying in Acts chapter 7, why do you always resist the Holy Spirit? There's so many people in our world today constantly resisting the Holy Spirit. He's trying to speak to the world. He's trying to convict them. He's, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit come, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment if we let him. If we let him. Now, if you're hearing this message tonight and you are not a believer, my challenge to you right now, not tomorrow, not the next day, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking through his servants, through his word, through Christian radio, through so many other means. And you need to just stop resisting the Holy Spirit. He's trying to convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And you need to repent. You need to do the three R's. Listen to these three R's. You need to recognize you're a sinner. That's the first R. Then the second R, you need to repent. And the third R, you need to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit. He's trying to speak to you right now. And you can call in on this radio station tonight and say, I want to come know the Lord, Dr. Buckner. I want to come know him. How can I do that? Well, I, I, I share it with you how you can do that. But you can call in tonight and say, I want to know how to really come to know him as my Savior and Lord. And we will allow you to call in so we can pray for you. Stop resisting the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me deal with uh, people in the church now, church folks, church folks that have churchianity, but many times they don't have Christianity. They're informed, but not in transformed. They got their names on the church list, but not written in the last book of life. Now, some of them may be believers, but this is the problem with believers we fall in the category of quenching the Holy Spirit as well as grieving the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about this. Now, when we grieve the Holy Spirit, a lot of that has to do with us just not uh, uh, paying attention to what he's trying to say to us through the word. And we're not humbling ourselves to live in unity with God and unity with the body of Christ. When we live in disunity and division and create strife and division in the church, 
uh, the Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. They were carnal. See, carnality, which is of the world, another word for the world, of the flesh. They were living in disunity. They were into division and strife. And they were grieving the Holy Spirit. And they were quenching the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. When this is stuff related to uh, church people, people that are uh, babes in Christ. And there are more babes in the church than in the nursery today. Babes still on the bottle, still have to be burped, still in the crib. And when you're not doing what the Lord called you to do in terms of, you know, denying these things, these things that's of the flesh, walking in the flesh, carnality and not in the spirit, you quench the spirit. You also are grieving the spirit. And the Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians 4, 30 and 31 and 32. And grieve not the Holy Spirit. Grieve him not. We are not to grieve him. And we're doing that. We're doing that in so many different ways. And we need to repent of this as believers. So my challenge to you tonight, if you are not a believer and you're resisting the Holy Spirit, Repent. Acknowledge him as your Savior and Lord right now. And if you're a believer and you're not being in alignment to him and you're being led by the flesh, repent of quenching the spirit and grieving the spirit. I'm going to have a prayer for you right now. Dear Lord, right now we pray for those in the church that are quenching the spirit as well as grieving. We pray that you would bring them to a spirit of repentance right now. And for those outside the church that resisting the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray that they will no longer resist the power of the Holy Spirit right now and accept them as a Savior and Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Brother Gary. Well, all right, <clears throat> it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults. Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we just like to encourage you to continue to pray for contending for the faith and also to continue to give to this ministry. We know that a lot of folks take vacations during the summer and people are on the road and going places. And as COVID is, uh, seems to be loosening up a little bit, although with the Delta variant, we may be right back where we started, Lord, hopefully not. But we know people are trying to get out and do things and uh, take a little mini vacations, but don't take a vacation from prayer and don't take a vacation from your giving. It's so important. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now we're looking at a deficit of $645 that we need to take care of. So we need your help. We need your prayers. 
and we need your giving. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, the first way is address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Or you can go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Also, we want to remind you that uh, if you've missed any of our uh, broadcasts, you can get them on our podcast, which is at kfax.com. So just look up at the banner, top of the page, go to Contending for the Faith, and you'll see uh, how to reach into those podcasts and take advantage of all that wonderful information that's available to you for Bible study, for your, for your own edification, uh, maybe you want to encourage one of your, your pastors to uh, check out that information. It's a it's a great resource on many many levels. Yeah. So, Doctor Buckner, how did you come up with this series on all these D's? What did, what was your process for? Well, you know, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, I the Lord put it on my heart uh, because I realized that. Um, our battle today uh, is where the enemy is coming at us with our body. And that's what he's doing to get to our souls. Uh, he knows that if he can get to our bodies, if we are not dedicated and surrendering all of these five D's to uh, Christ, he can uh, manipulate our bodies and control the body. And once he controls the body, then he can control the soul and our spirit and ultimately uh, allow us to go into a Christless eternity. So I started thinking about that, uh, about what is one of the greatest battles that we're having today? Because this is a tremendous question that you asked me, Gary. And I was thinking and saying, it's an attack upon the body. And when you think about the early church, especially the church of Corinth, they were into carnality. The enemy was attacking their bodies and their flesh. And when I got to thinking about all of that, Brother Gary, I started saying, what can I do in the spirit of God? I said, Holy Spirit, give me a word. What can I do to share with the people about some ways that they can find victory in Christ uh, by uh, some biblical principles that they can apply with their bodies. Because if they can, if, if we all can commit to these five deeds, then our souls will follow along with it and we'll find ourselves walking in, in, in the principles and the teachings of Christ. So uh, that's a very good question. And, uh, uh, that's how I came about with this, just studying in my own personal study and seeing so many Christians living defeated lives because they're not dedicating uh, their bodies. They're not involved with devotion, with all of this external. And the external, when we start working with that, the internal will start just to follow along with it. So we spend a lot of time talking about the soul and the spirit, but 
we got to deal with that flesh. And that's why Paul says also in Galatians 5, you know, it challenges the church of Galatia to uh, walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So uh, the reason why so many of us are living defeated lives is because we're walking in the flesh, the, the, the body uh, that's uh, not giving God the glory as a temple. And that's why we are living lives of defeat daily. So that's a tremendous question. That mm-hmm. I appreciate. So how does holiness fit into the equation? Well, that's a good question. Holiness comes into the equation when we put our bodies in subjection, then what we're doing as well with the body and the soul and spirit will follow. Then that's where we start to develop a life of devotion. And that is living a life of, of dedicated prayer and uh, in the word uh, and we're being accountable. Uh, when we do all of those things, then uh, the holiness of God comes upon us. And also uh, the biggest part of holiness is that we empty ourselves of pride, ambition, self-seeking, uh, unholiness, and then the Holy Spirit is able to come in on us and upon us and give us power to live a life separate from uh, hypocrisy. And uh, we start to live lives of holiness because uh, when it talks about in Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and it gets into all the other fruit. And then it mentions control, self-control. So the Holy Spirit, when he, when we're living in the Spirit and we're letting the Holy Spirit come upon us and giving us power, he gives us power to live a holy life. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, by reading the Word, studying the Word daily, we're able to see how God tells us how to live that holy life because through the Bible, uh, God lays out how to live a holy life. And throughout the, the Gospels and, and the Epistles and throughout the Word of God, He teaches us how to live that holy life that's uh, consecrated to God. So if we do those two, we'll, uh, you know, squash uh, hypocrisy and mm. holiness in our lives. Well, why is it necessary for us to renew our minds daily? Well, that's a good question as well. It's it's so necessary because it, it tells us in Second Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, you know, ten, uh, and it tells us in the book of, uh, of the Bible that uh, we uh, our minds get flooded by the world and all thoughts and imaginations that we can get bombarded by the world and the thoughts of what's coming at us that Satan is trying to, you know, put in our minds, the flesh is trying to dominate our minds and the world. So we got these three enemies constantly coming at us daily. That's why we got to put on the full armor of God and we got to tear down all imaginations and things that are contrary to God's will and and these thoughts that come in our minds, the enemy is trying to put things there that's of him and of the flesh and of the world because we are in a world that's a world of 
uh, corruption, a world that has no thoughts after God. So when we, when we uh, commit our minds to God every day and our bodies, then as it says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians or actually Romans chapter 12 and 1 and 2, we, our minds are transformed daily when it's transformed daily by presenting our bodies and being in the word and knowing God's thoughts and letting God's thoughts become our thoughts, um, then what we end up doing is having a transformed mind. And what he does is he flushes out the thoughts of the Satan and the thoughts of the flesh and the world, and he renews our mind to be like his mind. That's why uh, the Apostle Paul says uh, in... um, Philippians chapter 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then it also talks about, um, you know, in uh, the word of God, that we need to uh, think on things which is above, and we need to have the thoughts of the Lord and thinking on those things which is above. So those things come about by a transformed mind, by allowing ourselves to be, have the thoughts of God, allowing God's thoughts to be our thoughts in a godly way, in a holy way, and through the word of God, and then our minds are being transformed. Because if we start saying to ourselves, I want to have the thoughts of Christ, the way he thought regarding purity and holiness and righteousness and those those sort of things, that transform our mind daily to be like Christ. So that's why it says, you know, uh, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Well, if we do that daily, seek the mind of Christ and know the word and know what he taught us to do and uh, through his word, then our minds will be like his and automatically we'll start to have a transformed mind by doing that. Mm. I noticed that throughout scripture, it has much to say about things happening daily. Yet so many believers seem to rely on a once a week fix at their local church. Sometimes not even that. It's, you know, many, many saints are are attending every other week or not at all or once a month. And they're relying on that one one hit to uh, help them through life. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good uh, question. Well, that's a trap of the enemy, too, because uh, our walk with Christ needs to be a daily walk, you know. And that's why when you look at the book of Ephesians, the theme of that book is the Christian walk. So the Christian walk needs to be a daily experience, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we need to be in the word daily we need to be in prayer every day and then we need to be involved with accountability because when you go to church and you think you get a fix with that and then you think that that's the way that's the thing that's going to keep you strong you're setting yourself up by the enemy deceiving you so you got to do what god says study the word daily and you got to be in prayer daily and you got to be involved with accountability and when we're involved with all of those things what's going to happen is we're going to say church is not uh once a week 
the only answer to where I'm going to find uh, power and victory in this life. I'm going to find it daily by being in the Word, being in prayer, being in the armor of God, and being accountable. And that's the thing that we deal with all the time, right? When we're dealing with people that even call on this uh, continuing with the faith, mm-hmm. they are not accountable to a church daily. Uh, and, you know, so when you go on Sunday and you think that's going to be a fix, no, no, it's not. Uh, the church is in your heart and the church has to be connected with Christ daily and and you have that relationship with him daily it's not just a Sunday experience your experience with Christ is every day and it's an everyday experience of denial and taking up your cross and following him and it's a daily experience of being saturated in prayer and in the word and in the armor and you know when you do all of those things you won't have the attitude of thinking you know it's just once a week because where do you get that at that's something that comes from the enemy it doesn't come from the word of god it comes from the enemy so how important is it then to be able to self-feed self what self-feed oh self-feed like self-feed yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's vital, it's, it's crucial, it's life and death because self-feed is something that you got to do on a daily basis in order to feed your soul because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. So you don't live, you can't sustain yourself by just... Uh, thinking that, hey, I can uh, be out there and not self-feeding on the Word of God daily. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So when we, when we have that mentality, that's a self-feed on a daily basis. Why? Because Jesus said it. Jesus said to daily feed on the Word of God. Just like your body. Your body can't survive without eating daily. You have to feed your body daily if you want it to survive. You want it to stay alive and stay healthy. Well, the same thing is true with our spiritual state. And you've got to be in the Word of God daily, feeding on it, eating the Word of God and meditating on it and applying it. We've got to be involved with all of those things in terms of the Word of God. And we got to be involved with not only the written Word of God and feed ourselves in the written Word of God, which is the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but we got to also feed uh, ourselves on the living Word of God, which is the uh, Jesus Christ. So when we, can, when we feed on both of those, then we don't have to worry about uh, self-feeding uh, and saying, are we going to do it or not? We're going to do it because we're feeding on both and it's going to be a satisfaction to our souls and it's going to keep us strong as well. All right. Well, thank you for answering all those questions, Dr. Buckner. Well, it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And uh, we just want to remind everybody that uh, we need your help. We've got a $645 deficit that we need to take care of, and we know that you all have been so faithful in your prayers and so faithful in your giving. And this is a time when we need you to step up to help us retire that this bill. Uh, there's two ways that you can donate. Number one, address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And we just apologize for all the technical issues we've had tonight. We know we've got a bunch of callers that are on hold And we're going to do our best to get to you tonight. But if for some reason we run out of time, please, please call back Uh, next Saturday. We'll we'll give you guys priority and get you in right away. So uh, either way, you'll get in tonight or get in next week. Uh, So just be patient with us. We we apologize for the technical difficulties. Technology is wonderful as long as it works. But when it doesn't, boy, it can give you... Uh, grief. So we're here, and I think we've got everything working again. So let's try to get to Alfred. Are you there? Brother, Brother Bell and Dr. Becker, how are you two doing? Good. You are you truly blessed, my brother. How, how are you doing? I'm just sitting here with my mom, and uh, she had surgery on her left shoulder. She had arthritis on her left shoulder. And I called in for prayer, and I thank you guys for your prayers. She came with a speedy recovery. Well, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, well, you would like for us to spend some time praying for her right now? No, I had, a, I had a question. Okay, what's on your heart? I wanted to uh, ask you if you can interpret Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. All right, that's a very good uh, question. And uh, in Romans ten and seventeen, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Um, this is Alfred. This is a famous verse built on Paul's quote of uh, Isaiah in uh, the previous verse. Uh, where Isaiah asked the Lord in Isaiah 53 and 1, who has believed and what what he has heard from us? Who has believed what he has heard from us? So um, Paul is really talking about uh, and reflecting back on Isaiah uh, when people were refusing to believe what God had said. And as a result of that, they started living lives of disobedience. And everything begins when it talks about, so then faith cometh by hearing. Uh, Faith is exercised, and it is activated by the ear gate. And when we exercise faith, and we truly say that we believe in God, we believe in Christ, and if we say that, 
then the hearing will follow that faith because it starts off with faith in God, in Christ, in his word, in the gospels, in his death, burial, and resurrection. And then what happens is faith creates a hearing and the hearing uh, will take us to the next step, which is the word of God. You see the, the format here. Faith starts it off. It keeps it off. And then what happens, faith keeps it into second gear. Second gear is hearing. And then third gear is that the hearing will take you right to the word of God. And so that's why every time I'm speaking and I am preaching and I'm sharing the truth of the gospel, one of the things I remember my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, he used to always say, Lord, open up their ears, open up their eyes so that they will hear the truth of the gospel. So that's what we do when we're witnessing, when we are sharing with family, friends, we always say, Lord, not only build in them the first step, that they will have faith, and then build that faith to the second step, which is that faith turn into hearing. And then the third step, let that hearing take them to the Word of God. That means the written Word of God, which is the Bible, 66 books, and also to the living Word, which is Jesus Christ. It says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So that's the biblical steps of true salvation. Faith that starts off, faith, and then faith gives birth to hearing, and hearing gives birth to the Word of God. And if those things are not being manifested in a person's life, then you have to question whether or not they're a genuine believer. So hopefully that's helped out and given you some additional insight into your question. Awesome. Amen. And let's pray. Let's let's do some praying for you right now. Brother Gary, let's pray for our brother. Lord, we just lift up Brother Alfred, and we just rejoice with a good report regarding his mom. And we just pray that you continue to bless Alfred with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Alfred. Uh, we don't hear from you that much as far as a question, but it's always good to hear you call in once in a while with a good question, and you had a good one tonight. God bless you and your mother, and we'll continue to keep you guys in prayer. And thank you for your support as well. All right, let's go to Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. Can you hear me loud and clear? We can yes. hear you loud and clear, and it's good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, we've got a very interesting question. Uh, in the book of Acts, does, does it explain the interchangeable experiences by the Holy Spirit? Wow, that is a very good question, Brother Rick. Uh, Rick is asking a question about the interchangeable experiences of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Well, let me lay out to you and the listening audience, and you may want to write down these interchangeable uh, experiences of the Holy Spirit, because it's very unique. If everyone turned in their Bible to their Bibles to Acts chapter one, 
you will find in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you can make a note of this, the interchangeableness of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers in the early church. And he still works that way today. So let me lay out to you three interchangeable experiences that the early church experienced. And again, we experience that today too. So open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, and we will see, first of all, the first interchangeable experience. That's in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and not many days hence. So the first interchangeable experience is being baptized by uh, and in the Holy Spirit. What's the second interchangeable experience? Well, that's found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. <clears throat> so in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the second interchangeable experience is, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the second interchangeable experience that the church experienced was the Holy Spirit came upon them. I always tell people there's a difference between having the Spirit in you and upon you. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit, you, you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in you. But the Holy Spirit only comes upon you when you empty yourselves of pride and selfishness and, and sin and and, you know, Dwight Lyman Moody said, many, there's a difference between having the Spirit of God in you and upon you. And he said, many people have the Spirit in them, but not upon them for service and witness bearing. Well, when he comes upon you, he's upon you for service and witness bearing. The third and last interchangeable experience was uh, found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues and, and as they, the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see here that in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then secondly, the Holy Spirit came upon them in verse 8. And then in Acts 2 and 4, and they were all filled. What is happening? See, <laughs> the White Lemon Woody says in his book, Secret Powers, we are leaky vessels, and we have to stay under the fountain at all times that we may receive a fresh supply, a fresh anointing, a fresh refilling. So they got filled, and uh, sometimes they got empty, and the Holy Spirit had to fill them again. And that's what we go through too. We got to stay under the fountain. And remember Jesus said in John 7, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water that will bubble over into everlasting life. You're talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon, uh, uh, coming upon us. And then we need to constantly be filled because, you know, Holy Spirit in you is one thing, but being filled is constantly having the Holy Spirit continue to fill you again so he can come up on you again. So hopefully, Rick, those 
three interchangeable points has given some insight to your question. Amen. You've got, 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 got a corollary, corollary to that. Is that, that also being explained in uh, John 4 when, uh, when Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well? Because he, tra- he transitions from the uh, physical water to the living water, which uh, brings everlasting life. Yes, well, that is in terms of, um, yeah, you can look at that because there are some people that got the, the uh, physical water, but as it says in, 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 in Acts 1 and 5, she started to lean towards the living water, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, come along. So, yes, I can accept that. And even though the emphasis is on salvation, you can make that point, that case, too. Thank you so much for your call. And uh, we're going to try to get to some more people before we close. But good question. Very good question. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Jermaine real quick. Brother Jermaine, how you doing? Oh, hey, Dr. Bucker. Hey, uh, I know you guys won't have long, so uh, would it be okay if I just got some prayer on a move decision I have to make? Sure. Well, definitely. And and pose your your question, and then what we'll do, make a note of that, and then we'll pick up with that next time. What's your question? What's your question? Yeah, I just wanted to ask about Isaiah 43 and how and 10 and how it relates, how, uh, how Mormons see that particular verse. Well, let me just say this quickly, and we'll, we'll have some time to uh, also uh, pray for you as well. Uh, let's look at it from this perspective. The Mormons, uh, in a way, uh, don't really like this verse of Scripture. Jehovah's Witnesses like it more because they, they, get, they get their name witnesses from uh, that uh, particular word witness. But Mormons don't like it because it literally says that uh, there's no God before me, neither after me. So it destroys the argument of uh, uh, polytheism, the belief in many gods. I'm gonna elaborate more upon that. Let's get your your prayer and, and next time, next week you call and we'll deal with it more. What's your prayer request? We only got less than a minute. Yeah, just um, uh, I may have to move uh, either out of state or I'd like to purchase a home. I might have opportunities here or other states and just not quite sure what direction to take. So, All right. So, All right, Lord, we just lift up Brother Jermaine and we pray that you give him wisdom regarding this decision. Help him, guide him, direct his steps, Lord. We know you're not hiding things from him. So, Lord God, we just pray that you give him peace in the meantime. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.